episode 31, Concussion Specialist and Franchise Chiropractor. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Troskler, and today we hear Dr. Rich Baez's perspective. For doctors who want a thriving practice and abundant home life, listen as your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, goes behind the curtain and interviews doctors and guests about real-world triumph, struggles, practical tips, and entertainment on this episode of A Doctor's Perspective. Today on the show, we got something a little bit new. We have a doctor, a chiropractor. Not only does he only adjust the first two bones in your neck, but he also is a part of a franchise. And there's not a lot of those in chiropractic. So we get to experience, you know, normally it's private practice or maybe they're in a hospital. But now we get to see what, what it's like to be in a franchise. And we're going to go through a lot of different things about why just up, upper cervical adjustments, um, having clear visions, accountability partners, and so much more. So... Stay tuned. You know, of course, the travel tips can be at the end. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash three one. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Welcome back, podcast listeners to a doctor's perspective. Today, we have Dr. Rich Baez, doctor of chiropractic, works in Boulder, Colorado. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Justin. I'm really happy to be here. Hey, absolutely. Well, in the pre-talk, we know, I know that you have a, a unique kind of approach to chiropractic and the way your, your, your business model is set up. So I would love to hear about that and kind of your backstory a little bit, like how'd you become a chiropractor, why that, and versus anything else out there. So uh, what you got for us? Yeah, sure. So the kind of chiropractic that we do is a little different. Uh, it's a specialty within the field. So just to clear that up real quickly, we work with the top two bones in the neck exclusively. They're called the atlas and the axis. And we'll get into why a little bit later, perhaps. But uh, real quickly, they're the most neurologically mm-hmm. dense as far as how the brain receives information. So there's a problem there. We see problems in the response that the body starts to generate. Uh, when it comes to me and my backstory, uh, let's see. I got into a chiropractic. Let's see. I guess I'll start. I always worked for chiropractors in high school and in college. And I didn't know that was a field I was, was going to go into initially. But it was always in the back of my mind. Uh, in college, I was kind of deciding between psychology on one hand, being a chef on the other hand. And for me, it was always something about service always came uh, came through. And it ended up resolving into doing a tour of a chiropractic program through college. And it, it just fit. Something clicked and it made a lot of sense. So I decided to give that a shot. And uh haven't looked back since. Very cool. So did you end up majoring in psychology? No, actually, I got a, a minor in psychology. I got my Bachelor of Science in Exercise Physiology. I should say, too, my initial plan was to be a sports chiropractor. What that means is working with athletes. So the guy I was working for in high school and in college, he was the chiropractor for the 49ers. They're the football team out of California, um, professional team. And my thought was to be able to take over his practice and work with those athletes because that, for me, was the passion at the time. Um, I did end up going down that route, but that was the initial uh, Initial thought. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so why not uh, sports? You said something about the C1. I mean, I'm a chiropractor, so I kind of have an idea what you're talking about. But you were thinking about doing sports, which a lot of chiropractors find uh, exciting. And, and, and every day is a new day. The shoulders, those knees, the ankles. But then you switched into just the kind of a C1, C2 specific. And I know some of these guys, that's all they adjust, even if you have a low back pain. So what happened? Was it like during school or outside of school? Did you have a miracle story? What was the reasoning behind kind of switching gears? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, uh, let's see. So for me, I've had many concussions in my life playing sports. The last one was when I was 16 years old. I had a bad car accident and it left me with a thing called post-concussion syndrome for eight and a half years. Well, ended up being eight and a half years. So what that means is for me, I had severe brain fog. I couldn't really articulate or speak clearly at all. Uh, emotionally flat, not angry or depressed, just very neutral for many, many years. And um, yeah, I was seeing this chiropractor I was working for throughout that time frame, and my body felt really great. I didn't have any issues with my neck or back or things like that, but nothing above, you know, inside the skull itself, nothing was changing. I had these debilitating things going on, and they weren't being addressed. And so for me, I, hmm. I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking I would help, but at the same time, when I got halfway through the doctorate program in chiropractic school, one of the clinic docs there said, hey, if you, I, I, I do this unique kind of thing. If you in and follow my protocol, I can help you get better. And I said, you know, fit, let's, let's give it a shot. You know, I had tried everything up to that point, and we did a 
workup, the X-ray analysis, all the neurologic tests that we do, and he gave me that first correction of the upper neck, and it felt like someone had pulled the plunger on a sink that was full of liquid. And I was as I was laying there resting afterwards, I felt fluid draining out of my skull, and it was from that point forward, about three and a half years ago, that things started to change neurologically for me. So the brain fog subsided, I could start speaking again, you know, speaking pretty clearly now, I, I hope. Toastmasters helps, but... Um, yeah, so it's, those kinds of things are really what it changed my perspective as far as what could be achieved through chiropractic care. And it really helped open my eyes to what my future would look like uh, in, within the profession. So you're saying you felt like a f- like fluid actually drain, like you had like some kind of sensation, kind of like a nasal drip or something like you just kind of felt that. Yeah. So obviously for me, I'm, I'm very analytical. So I had to go back and try to understand what's going on there and like why that could even be possible. And what I have found yeah. is that the brain is suspended in spinal fluid. It's just, it acts as a, a cushion against shock and absorption of uh, forces. So it's under a constant pressure. And when that pressure changes, there, fluid doesn't circulate how it's supposed to circulate. There's a change in how spinal fluid circulates and how the blood is circulating. So for me, what I've found is that there was what's called a stagnation. So spinal fluid was just sitting in the, in the brain and not circulated how it's supposed to. So once that pressure was normalized after that adjustment, that fluid could start moving again. That stagnation went away. Uh, and yeah, things have been in the right direction ever since. Oh. You know, I watched, I would shadow a doctor when I was in school and he did like SOT blocks with the pelvis. And I think they used a cadaver and they were pumping the tailbone and they could see, you could see like the, the CSF kind of squirting, yeah. like bathing that, that part of it. And I was just like, I don't, you know, it's kind of like how much research is out there that shows that type of stuff. But I was like, wow, that's pretty cool to see that happening. And if that is actually like a pump, like, you know, the, the brain is one pump and this is another pump. I was just like, that was really interesting because SOTs are, they're into the hips, but they're also into the, uh, the C1 area as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was interesting. Uh-huh. But th- did you throw up or anything like that? From the concussions? Well, though, from the, um, the adjustment I've heard, I have some friends who think sometimes they get a really strong adjustment after like a, a bad migraine and they just, their body has a, a response and they'll like throw up or they'll get real dizzy or something. Yeah, no, I, I never had that happen to me and I've, that's never happened to a, what, any of my, my patients that I take care of. I'm not sure if it's a, a, a okay. technique specific thing or maybe it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what, what the issue would be there, but I never had that experience or uh, that in the office either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and also, you mentioned it's a good way to with, clear it up. What do you see? Do you see anything kind of weird happen when you, when patients have that type of, uh, amazing results? Yeah. I mean, after, so our protocol is if we do adjust the patient on that, on the office visit, we have them rest in these zero gravity chairs for 20 minutes. And so they basically go back mm-hmm. into what's called our, our nap room. So they're back there. There's, you know, nice music playing. There's a water fountain going, a waterfall. So it's a very relaxing room. And most patients will fall asleep and while we'll going there and they'll be snoring to wake them up. But some patients will come out and they'll just say some bizarre things. They'll say, one lady says that she was in France, you know, after the adjustment, she was having a conversation with oh. a friend of hers in France, which I mean, I, I can't explain or um, it's not something that I would believe in too much, but she's very much into the energetics of life. Um, another person says that she felt that her body was in the chair, but her spirit was like left of her body. And it kind of was alternating back and forth. I mean, you hear weird things. Patients. I mean, nothing that, again, I could quantify or say is what was actually going on, but you hear weird stories that come from them as they're in that position and as they're relaxing and as this bone that's been stuck for so long has finally moved, things start, you know, circulating that they haven't circulated before. So they start going through some weird, weird internal discussions start happening. Okay. Do do you have to take um, special, very specific x-rays of that area to see if it's going, what direction it's moved? And do you use like an instrument or do you use your hands to actually adjust that C1, C2? Yeah. So for us, we do uh, five x-rays of the top two bones and we do what's called motion x-rays. So we do these uh, things where we're oh. looking to see how the top two bones are sitting under the head. But we also have them go through motion where they're bending to the right and then to the left. And normal things should happen when you go through those motions. So we can see if the bones aren't moving properly. If you bend your head to the right, for example, and that top bone isn't sliding to the right, it's just stuck there on the left-hand side, that's abnormal. And we know that's what's causing the issue. So we can see exactly what's happening in, in black and white what the issue is, how we're going mm-hmm. to address that um, on an office-to-office visit. So uh, for us, when that, com- when, they, when that happens, folks come into the office, we run an assessment on them to see how the brain stem is functioning. It's a neurologic test that we do. And if things are looking great, we send them home. 
they don't get adjusted. And if they aren't looking great, okay. we will do a, a manual adjustment of that top one on the left-hand side. And it's not a rotation adjustment. It's a very specific a very quick manual movement of that bone from be from left to right in that example. So you can tailor the, the angles and the thrust based on whatever positioning is off. Exactly. So we, we have those a three-dimensional view of the complex. We also do a picture looking through the chin mm-hmm. to see if the bone is rotated or not. So we know exactly how it's sitting mm-hmm. there. And we, want to, when we do want to correct it. We know how to glide that bone back where it needs to go. So that it's a very comfortable adjustment. Nothing's being jammed together and it's very fast. So there's a lot of folks that come in that are very wary about having their neck corrected or adjusted or uh, manipulated. And I tell them, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. We have folks that are in your same position. Um, we'll just kind of go very light the first time just so you kind of know what's going on. And they end up loving care as they go through it. They get uh, addicted to it. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice. tailored to the person. We see a lot of kids. We see a lot of adults. It's, um, it's safe across the board. Very nice. What's, it, uh, what's the technique called? Okay. Yeah, so the name of the technique is called knee chest, upper cervical specific. So that's what we do in the office. It just describes the position the patient's in. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So kind of um, it, does it look like one of those like portable massage chairs like at a health fair where you're kind of kneeling into it and your face is – your chest is in the pad and your head kind of goes down? Yeah, exactly. So the table is uh, unique to the adjustment that we do. So patients are kneeling on the knee pad. Okay. And the table is about maybe two feet long, I would say. And based on the x-rays, they're, mm-hmm. they're placed um, – you know, to, to make that correction. So it's it's a very comfortable position for the patient to be in. There, it, it, it enables them to be relaxed when we do make that correction. Um, we find mm-hmm. is that when people tense up and they're, you know, anticipating the adjustment, it's very uncomfortable. And you have to kind of fight through that muscle resistance. But with this position, that doesn't happen. They're very relaxed. It's They're not fighting you. It's very comfortable. So you can get in there and make that correction without any kind of adverse effects. That's pretty cool. I never heard of that before. Yeah, it's actually so. Is it? Is let's see. Uh, the guy who developed chiropractic, his name is, was B.J. Palmer. He was the one that through his research center was trying different things. And towards the end of the research center, he came to his understanding that this was, in his opinion, the most effective way to do this kind of work. So that's kind of what, who we started to follow, and then the innovations have been made along the way. But he was the pioneer for us to follow. Now, do you treat like low back pain, or is it just neck and brain related stuff? Yeah, so we do see a lot of folks that come in with low back pain or sciatica or things like that. It's usually not their primary complaint. Mm-hmm. Usually it's they have something and then they also have that. Although some folks do come in with strictly low back pain and they get results also. I mean, you have to imagine that the spine is like a link of chains that are just floating in space. And if you twist the top link, the rest are going to start to spiral beneath that. And you can imagine if that top link is stuck and you can move the bottom links as much as you want, but they're going to go back to that same position. Once we're able to unlock that top, the rest start to spiral back how they're supposed to be in, in, in a natural way. And those symptoms start to go away. Uh, so we see folks that, you know, that have these postural abnormalities, they have shoulders that are higher than the other, or their hips are rotated. And we find that it's often a compensation for something else going on. So by correcting the top, we can start to see these things start to unwind. And in some cases, they don't. So we refer them to other chiropractors or massage therapists to really help get that last little bit of, uh, um, of relief that they need. But in most cases, it tends to resolve, which is cool. Now, how long would someone expect before they got like a referral, like a, like a month, uh, six weeks, seven months? Yeah. So for us, we do a reevaluation after their uh, a 12th visit. So that'll be about six weeks out. We would do a reevaluation, and if things aren't where they should be, based on our experience, then we would go ahead and make a referral at that point. So within that first month or two, if things aren't getting better how they should, we start looking for other things that might be going on. I know the statistics based on generic chiropractic as a whole, like patients that get better and those that don't and those will get worse, uh, which is very small. But uh, with your technique, with what you're doing, what kind of numbers, what kind of success rate are you trying, are you seeing? I mean, it is case dependent. I mean, we, we see a lot of things ranging from, yeah, headaches and migraines on the, you know, on that side to things like multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's on the other side. 
So we do see the wide gamut of, mm. of things that are happening. Um, as a generic rule, I would say 90% is how we operate for success rates in the office. Wow. So we do, we are in that upper um, percent based on the research we've done and pages that we've seen and tracked. Um, so we, have, we actually have published studies that we've done for things like MS and Parkinson's. And we're looking to do other studies coming up in the next year or two on uh, on bigger things like that. So we do operate in that in that range just based on our own numbers that we keep. Um, but we're looking to make that more official in the, in the near future. We're looking forward to that because I know, I'm guessing you're not a what we call a mixer. No, no, we only do. You, uh, do you do rehab and things those like top that? Top two bones. That's all we do in the office. Um, if someone comes in with a low back pain, we're not going to adjust the low back. We don't. Actually, a patient asked me to do that about uh, two weeks ago, and I told her I haven't adjusted a low back in about three and a half years. So, she might be better served to go find someone else because that's not my gig. I, I, I'm not good at that anymore. So we, um, yeah, we only do the top two bones. Um, we don't have any, I guess mixing would be like nutritional things like that in the office. We don't have any of those, um, extra thing for us. We only con- are only concerned about the neurology and how that's functioning. So all the body to really take over mm-hmm. and start to heal. Cause that's our, our niche of the market is how that brain body connection is firing. And there's a lot of folks that are amazing at nutrition and, and amazing at, you know, rehabilitation. For me, I'd rather be the best at one thing. And then if that, once that's resolved, if things are still present to send them to the other pr- practitioners to really help them achieve the result they're looking for. Are there any misconceptions that, you know, I'm a mixer for sure. I do rehab, I adjust the low back, I do all that stuff, <laughs> uh, especially here. So, for, for someone like me who's kind of like would listen to someone like you, and I, I respect what you do. I, I know plenty of people that do it. But for those who are like, my goodness, you're crazy, Doc. What? Why wouldn't you just adjust the low back? Are there any misconceptions that we have that you can kind of lay to rest or, or at least get somebody to say, you know, I want to still adjust low backs and do these different things. But I guess, yes, you what you do actually works. What, what could you tell someone like that? A hater, as they haters. say. Well, haters are totally fine. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, there's always, there's different ways of looking at, at everything. I mean, it's like the assumption would be that if you go to a, a medical doctor with a runny nose and they treat your runny nose, that's all medical doctors do is runny noses. I guess a con- misconception within chiropractic is if you have low back pain, go see a chiropractor. Anything else, they probably couldn't help you. But at the same time, there was actually a, a little story. Um, there's a late night talk show host. His name is Jimmy Kimmel. You ever heard of, of Jimmy Kimmel? So uh, his son, he had a yeah. son that was born uh, about two weeks ago now who had a congenital heart defect where basically the wall that separates mm-hmm. the left and right side of the heart uh, wasn't there. So blood that had no oxygen was mixing with blood that had oxygen. And if that persists, the child wouldn't have survived, right? So they brought him to a cardiac surgeon who went in there with these microscopic tools and they fixed the heart lining. And now the child is on track to, to thrive in his life. And actually... Right. Sean White, who was a the professional snowboarder, had the same condition. So he was actually on the show and shared his experience and the limitations are endless based on that surgery. So the same thing is true within chiropractic where there's some folks you go to if you have a runny nose and they'll fix a runny nose and everything's great. But at the same time, there's folks that are looking more so on that cardiac surgeon side of things, put that in quotations, that are looking to achieve different things. Both are totally valid and correct and right. There's nothing wrong with either one of them. But for folks that have tried everything and they're still struggling with their health, we want to be able to offer them a solution, that there is hope to get better, that they aren't stuck with this diagnosis that isn't going to change. And that's probably the most common thing we hear in our office is, I've been told by my doctor that, that nothing more can be done for me. I have to go home and learn how to live with this. And for me, that's heartbreaking. And that was my story with my concussion uh, syndrome. And um, the truth is, there is always hope to get better. So for it's kind of your niche. Yeah. So for us, that's I mean, I I don't really work a lot with low back or neck pain or things like that. I mean, most I practice right now is concussion, and then so that's that's what I see most often in my practice those head traumas. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's, that gives the uh, credence to, they say carve a niche and we're like, well, how do we do that? What do we do? And like, you're attracting the patients that you want, similar to yourself with the technique that you have and you, you can become successful with what we would think is a small sliver of the population, but no, it's enough population to actually thrive and survive and make a huge impact in your community. I mean, that's the biggest thing too. I mean, there's, I mean, you, you, you know, that, like the example of Jimmy Kimmel with that heart surgeon People fly from around the world to see this heart surgeon because he's the best. People fly to mm-hmm. or pay for what they value in life. Uh, the same way, even for our practice, we have folks that fly from overseas to come see us. We've had 50 patients from Norway fly in for care in the last three years alone, and they live in Boulder for six weeks and they fly home. It's because we offer something that's so unique and you're very good at what we do. 
that people come from really far to achieve it. And that's true of any any profession. So if you're able to really establish yourself as that authority in this thing that you do, you know, it could be as small as you want to make it, but it's still going to be thriving. So it's, it's demonstrating yeah. value and demonstrating uh, category authority in a certain topic, and you will be successful. That's really awesome, man. Norway. Wow. Yeah. Your clinics, is it part of a chain, like a franchise? Yeah, so we operate within the franchise uh, model. Um, it's called the Pacific Chiropractic Center. So currently there's 21 offices mm-hmm. that are operating under that umbrella all across the United States, uh, Hawaii, and most recently in Barcelona, Spain. So we are, we're our first international office. And um, yeah, so basically we share marketing materials, we share um, branding and things like that. So all that side of things is taken care of for us. All our offices are unique. And, and what they do and who they cater oh. and what they look like. So it's not like a McDonald's where they're all exactly the same. Um, every office looks different. We have different, you know, we talk about target markets who we're trying to work with in our, in our communities. For example, I work with concussion for the most part. We have an office in Chico that only really sees thyroid patients. So it's, they're all different as far as what, you know, what our passions are, but we all work under the same umbrella. Whereas if you were under my care in Boulder, Colorado, and you decided you wanted to go on vacation to Hawaii, I could transfer all your records to the doctor out there. He could take care of you exactly the same way I would take care of you. And when you came back, you wouldn't have missed any part of your care. So it's, it is nice. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, so y'all all are knee, chest, upper cervical specific. Exactly. It's just that you're, you're allowed to branch out and decorate and target different people. But the adjustments are going to be like, uh, like if you went to an activator doctor across the entire world, if they're true to the protocol, you'll get very similar protocol, very similar results across the world. And the idea is with the specific, you can have continuity of care regardless of like whatever doctor is doing it. That's exactly it. And we actually, I think we all have the exact same training through the art of the specific. That's the uh, postdoctorate um, work that we do in the upper cervical spine. So we've all gone through the exact same training okay. protocol. So, I mean, there really is no difference between seeing me or seeing Dr. Addison in Kauai or seeing, you know, Dr. Sophie in Barcelona. We're all, we all have the same training. Mm. Um, so it's it makes it great for patient care. How long have you been in a, a part of that system? The entire time you've been in practice? Yeah, or? The entire time, yeah. Actually, I was even in school. Um, our CEO, Dr. Sean Dill, he was my uh, first quarter philosophy one teacher. So he was oh. the one that really kind of owned my perspective as far as what chiropractic kind of was and designed to be what it is as a profession. And then from there, I started training through, again, that program, that TATS program, um, my second quarter through, I mean, even now I'm still going to those those refreshers to, to keep keep to keep learning, to keep progressing, to keep getting better. Because like I said, there's people out there that are really sick and they've tried many, many things to try and get better and they're still struggling. So when someone comes in my door and says, hey, doc, I've, I've been dealing with this thing for 35 years and um, I'm hopeless. I'm, you know, some folks even talk about not wanting to go on much longer to be able to tell a person mm-hmm. I am, I can help you. You know, I've been training for this my entire life. The best thing for you, honestly, is, is me. Let's get started with your care. So <laughs> it's, it's yeah. having that certainty that you know what's going on. You know you can help them. I mean that's that's what we're that's what we're all looking for. And that's what we're all training for. So uh, I'm just thankful to have found uh, this program. It's been life changing for me, and it's it's really mm-hmm. been a, a big success for people that we see in our offices across the across the world. Two questions for you. So is Doctor Deal the guy that actually teaches the adjustment style, or is he more like on the business side of things? Yeah. So Doctor uh, Doctor Dill, um, he teaches what's called Tats, the art of the specific. So he was, so him and the recently passed Dr. Andy Roberts, uh, they had started the art of the specific mm-hmm. together. So they have been teaching this for, I mean, eight years, I would say, if not longer. I, I need to go back and look at that. Um, yeah, so they've been teaching it together. And uh, with Andy passing recently, another doctor has stepped up and is now helping Dr. Sean. His name is Bill Moss, Dr. Bill Moss. So at this point, Dr. Dill is more so on the, he still teaches at TATS, but he's more of a business and professional coach. It's kind of the segue. Right. So he is still, he still goes and does these programs and teaches a program, but most of his time is spent mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the year on business and marketing success. Uh, for chiropractors and other service professionals, he runs a program called the Black Diamond Club, which is a, a monthly subscription that you can join. And that club is geared towards understanding, you know, marketing business uh, principles that you can use in your field. So they're not person specific or, you know, demographic specific. They're just general uh, things that you can incorporate into your current practice that are going to help you have clarity and your vision 
and clarity on, you know, who you want to be working with and how to find them. Regardless if you're in his official system of the specific. Yeah, regardless, of, regardless of technique. I mean, yeah, there's chiropractors in there. There's cool. acupuncturists in there. There's, you know, home decorators in there. Like, like Teresa, she'd be a good person to, to have. Um, yeah. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's, they're just principles that govern business. They're not chiropractic principles. They're not acupuncture principles. They're just how to, how to be more successful in your, in your line of work. That's good. I mean, that's the point of my podcast. That's why I have a variety of doctors because we can all learn from each other. And if you learn one thing from a dentist that could turn into like a big thing for you, just with a little tweaking, yeah. that was a success. You succeeded in, in my, my whole reasoning for doing this podcast makes me feel happy if that happens. So that's awesome that he does that. Uh, based on that, there are people, other people in your circle of the specific. I am, I'm curious. I'm going to scratch my own itch on this one. For those who maybe had their own clinic and then were like, man, I've something changed my life. I want to do this. Have they noticed a difference between private practice versus going franchise? Because there's not a lot of uh, chiropractic franchises out there. And so I don't know. Um, I haven't seen, you know, you know, I haven't really been able to talk to too many people that own like the joint or any of the other ones that are out mm-hmm. there to see if it's really worth it or is it better just to be a you know private practice and learn a really good technique or what? Like, have you heard anything uh, from the I mean, from the bunch? For sure. And it's hard to me to, to speak on that because I came straight out of school into this. So I, the only thing I know right. is this model and I know how it's, you know, helped me with my, my learning curve and uh, made me successful very early on in, in practice. Um, there's a lot of folks that have I graduated with that, you know, aren't doing very well in practice or still struggling. And with this model, mm-hmm. it's all the back end stuff is done. So we talk about, you know, all the things you need to have as far as marketing material, you have to have all the, the business principles and strategies and marketing plans and things like that. All that's done. So you kind of just show up and implement it. You still have to do the work, obviously. But at the same time, right. that part of it is taken care of. So you can focus on the thing that matters to all of us, which is caring for our patients. That's number one. So you, that's that can be the yeah. primary focus while the back end stuff is already taken care of. So I find huge success in that. We've had a few um, practitioners who were in private practice to join the specific and they've seen growth in their practices for folks that have done that. Um, but again, number I, I couldn't give you a number as far as what to expect if that was the question. No, no, no. I'm just curious because there's always these big companies and you're like, there's always the rising stars. Like you could, they could sell anything with any system. And then there's the ones that like, no, they were struggling. They got into it and they made, they're like to me, the rising stars of these, of the systems that you can go into because they weren't doing well. And now they're doing well yeah. because of that. So that, I was just yeah, curious. That, that probably is actually a, a good truth that would come from that when... That person is struggling. There's probably, I mean, a lot of every everyone that I've met that's a chiropractor or any other doctor, they're in it for the right reason to help people that are struggling to mm-hmm. be that doctor for them. But at the same time, in school, whether it's chiropractic or acupuncture, or even in medical school, you're not really taught the business and marketing principles to be successful. I mean, if, if a medical doctor wanted to open yeah. his own practice and be on his own, that'd be very similar to any of us opening a practice. There, they don't have a lot of support. So for something like the specific or even like Black Diamond Club, where it just goes over these principles also, that really helps really focus in the mind as far as your professional hand on one side being strong, but rising that or, um, that business and marketing side, because that could sometimes be weak. So I think having a system. There's a lot of good adjusters that don't even practice anymore, so they're not helping anyone. Exactly. I mean, so you got to have that. You got to have both hands have strong. both hands strong, and you could be the most amazing, life-changing doctor on the planet, but if your door is closed, you can't offer that service to anybody. So you have to have both. Yep. So it's it's a matter of just having those systems in place that you can operate within. That way there's, a again, a structure to your to your office. When there's structure in a system, yep. it's reproducible and you can, you know, every patient gets the same experience and they're all going to, you know, it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, what would you advise a college kid? Uh who they're you know they're they're in, they're in clinic they don't really know what to do should I an associate should I join a franchise should I open my own clinic any advice for these guys absolutely Gals yeah absolutely well? absolutely uh, the biggest advice I could give would be to shadow to go to an office that you that you think you might have an inkling for whether it's to open your own practice or to be an associate or anything like that go to an office that you see is being successful and just hang out there talk to the doctors shadow them for a couple of days couple of weeks and see. If that's something that you're actually interested in, in doing. I mean, I know I can speak for probably all the doctors in the Pacific. You could definitely, if you're in one of our areas, we'd be happy to shadow you. Come on in, 
see the office, talk to us one-on-one, and we'd be happy to work with you on answering any questions that you have. Um, but whether you're in college or already in the, the program, I would I would say Shadow would be the number one thing that I'd recommend. It's, uh, it's what I did. It's It showed me yeah. a lot of insight and the things I wanted to do and things I really didn't want to do. So you see both of Which is as important. Guys. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I was a student. Obviously, I was a student, but when I was a mentor to a guy and the same SOT guy, he had this thing he did with a shoulder. I can't tell you why it really works, but he's like, I've been doing this for years. It really gets good results, and so that's what I do. And I just stole this one, these two things from this one guy that I shadowed throughout school from time to time. Not even a ton, but enough to to learn. And it's been it's been so good for my 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 clinical skills. And that's just one guy. So imagine if they actually did that regularly. I mean, don't squander it, students. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, everyone has something to offer, whether it's the chiropractor or the dentist that you alluded to earlier. Everyone has something to offer each other. So even when you're new in practice and you're going out there and you're networking and trying to meet all these people, I mean, go in there with an open mind. Even other other chiropractors have so much to offer, other financial advisors. I mean, everyone has something that you can take away and vice versa. So just be open and open mind, open heart, be open to listen and uh, try, try mm-hmm. to get the ego out of the way as much as possible. It's easier said than done. But when we're able to do that, the results, again, are just tremendous. So it's you're right. There's so much to learn from everybody. How much staff do you have? In our practice, there is uh, – I work with myself, my colleague, Allison Bremner. We, we have a massage therapist also who works part-time in our office. So we don't have a front desk person. How do, okay. Well, that was kind of the question is if you have staff, how do you, how do you find a good person? If you've, had to, if you've had to hire somebody, how do you know if they're good or how do you know after 90 days that they should still be there? What's your – any hints? Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately, I haven't actually – fortunately or unfortunately, I haven't hired any staff for the office, although I know we do have a, um, a system, again, to do that, a procedure. It's called how to hire a superstar. So uh, I haven't gone through that myself as far as learning the information, so I can't share that with you, unfortunately. But again, I know that's, okay. that's always a big question. And um, in the Black Diamond Club, I, I watched and followed these threads where people are have the same question. So it's um, there's a procedure to do it, and I wish I could share it. But now I just I can't remember what, what that procedure is. But yeah. In your technique style, would you say that you're able to see a decent volume of clients before you actually need to hire somebody to to orchestrate Definitely. everything? I would say, in my mind at least, um, when you start seeing over 200 a week, it, for me is when I would want to bring someone on to to manage. What? Yeah, so it's really? yeah. At that point, it, it becomes more than I would want to <clears throat> to, to bear. Excuse me. So someone's got to answer the phone. Someone's got to answer the phone. Someone's got to yeah. So for us right now, it's all the billing, all the scheduling. Um, fortunately for us, we're a, what's called a cash practice, so we don't work with insurance. Oh, so, you yeah. are okay. So for us, we don't need someone to do the medical billing, which would definitely be a job in and of itself. So for mm, us, yeah. it's just yeah, processing payments, which is you know fairly easy to do. Um, but yeah. when it gets to a point where it's you get talking at that level level of uh, busyness, I, I would definitely want to bring someone else on. Yeah. I am curious, and this is not a plug for the company, but do you have a, a company that allows you to bill like, this is going to cost you whatever, let's say $700. Well, I can't afford $700. Well, can you afford $250 a month for three or four months? Do you have like something set up like a company that can do that for you like real easy? Well, like it's an outside recurring payments or do you have to just kind of yeah or do you have to like just set it up yourself and you just we would it? do if that was the case it'd be more of an internal financing where we would just push payments out on our end so we don't have an outside company that we okay. work with that would that would offer that kind of a thing um not yeah, but if someone needs care and they they're strapped i mean I, I i do take a couple of pro bono cases per year just if they if they, if they fall in that boat or if someone you know if a single mom with six kids working a you know, working her job. I mean, she needs care too, right? So just push payments out over a long period of time to make sure she can afford it. So it's there is flexibility on, on that end. Um, yeah, so it's you have to have a heart. You can't you can't just go based on based on numbers. I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear. A uh, couple more questions on like business side, and then if you don't mind, we'll we'll bust into some personal stuff and wrap it up. Okay. Good. Okay. As far as five-year goals or even 10-year goals, what do you what do you have in mind and how do you know if they're actually worthy of your pursuit? I think the biggest thing that often gets overlooked in any kind of business is having a vision for the future. If you ask a lot of people, mm-hmm. what is your five-year goal? They don't have an answer for you or what's your 10-year goal, you know? So, I mean, I know for me, my five-year goal is to open another practice here in, in the Colorado area, Boulder, Colorado area. And my 10-year goal is to have a second office from there in Denver. So I want to be able to run both practices. I want to have associates that are working in those practices that I'm training. 
to actually be successful on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to a point where they can either buy the practice that they choose to or continue to work there. Um, but I know for me, it's having multiple practices in this area to start with. And once that's achieved, start looking at possibly other other areas also. But yeah, I think having those those goals, that vision, it leads to them being manifested. If you don't, it's like a, it's like a GPS in your car, right? If you're trying to get from Boulder, Colorado to Texas, you, Texas, um, so let's say Dallas, and I don't have a GPS, you know, I, I can start driving south. I know it's that direction, but beyond there, how would I know how to get to get to Dallas? So if you don't have a GPS or a vision, you don't know what, what coordinates to put in there. You're not going to be able to hit your destination or your goals. So when it comes to folks looking for, you know, planning for the future, if you don't have a clear vision, if you don't have it on your vision board, an actual office, a date, what that's going to look like, what that's going to feel like, if you don't have those things clearly laid out, it's very difficult to hit your goals, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a big goals. Multiple, multiple clinics reaching out to even bigger markets and things like that. So I applaud you and I hope that you can make it. Not hope, but as long as you're working for it. Like you said, you have the goal. You Thank can get you. it. It just takes time, it takes right? takes time. Yeah, it's, it's always 20, there's 24 hours in a day. We can always make it work. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're a solo doctor. You love it. It's what you do. However, how do you stop from being burned out? Do you take vacations? And if so, how are you able to manipulate your schedule at work so that you can go and recharge? Yeah, that's a great thing. Um, so I've been in practice for almost three years now, so fairly new. So I haven't taken many vacations per se. Um, as a company, we do uh, have team meetings twice a year. So that's always we take a week off for those meetings and we travel to, to somewhere for them. So we went to Lake Tahoe one year and went to Kauai another year for that office out there. Um, These count, I think. They might count as vacations. They're, they're, they're important. They count to me because that's my goal next <laughs> time is to take CE credits in cool places that I wanted to go for anyway sure. and extend it's it. Nine-hour days, <laughs> but they, you're on a nice location. So, But for me, as far as <laughs> vacations are concerned, I mean, I live in Boulder, Colorado, which if you haven't been here, it's at the foothills of the Colorado Rockies. So, I mean, every week you can just so beautiful. go and be, you know, be somewhere isolated if you choose to do that. Or you can, I mean, there's so much to do here. Um, I know for myself, I, I take Mondays off. So I could take little four-day vacations. So I'm going to head up and I'm going to go to San Diego at the end of this month for four days just to kind of recharge a little bit. But as far as taking a big vacation, the benefit of our office, I'll speak for in Boulder in, per se, is that there's two doctors in there that are doing the same thing. So when I'm gone, Allison can see my patients and vice versa. She's gone the entire month of August. So I'm going to run her clinic and mine um, and there'll be any disruption in either of their cares. So there is a benefit to that. I mean, Allison can be gone for the entire month. <laughs> she's going to Australia for uh, a sport that she plays and um, her patients won't. What sport? It's called Australian Rules Football. So it's. Uh, is she part of the Denver Bulldogs girl yeah, team? Yeah, she is. Do you know that? What? Yeah, she is. Yeah, I played there, man. I was a I was rookie MVP for the co-ed team one year. Whoop, yeah, there whoop. you go. I'll have her. Uh, I'll do this little video clip wow. for her. She can take a look. <laughs> um, yeah, so she does that. Wow, she's so she's going for. for an, I'm sorry, so I got all excited. Yeah, yeah, I know. Great, I love it. She's so she's playing for the national team and everything, or it's, she's it's just going to train? Team, yeah, it's their their competition in August. Wow, what an uh, what an honor. Yeah, so she's going out there, and uh, it's great too because. They, so it is a contact sport, and I get to check her and see how her brain's functioning, and making sure she's playing good. Otherwise, you know, so she's able to no broken she's able to, to be able to play that game without any kind of repercussion. Um, yeah, so it's great that she can go wow. and do her thing, and I can run her practice and vice versa. So that vacation time is kind of built in automatically um, without yeah. missing work. I guess is the best way to put that. Is that how you're allowed to do for uh, allowed? But most people work uh, Fridays off and not Mondays off. So are y'all able to tag team where you get Mondays and she gets Fridays off or something? Do you, uh, you dictate your own schedule. I mean, Allison, she works three okay. days a week in the office. Um, I work more because I'm still, still growing. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's person dependent. It's not a... Uh, there's no or criteria per se when it comes to hours in the office. Okay. So why'd you pick Monday? I'm curious. Most chiropractors either take off Tuesday, Thursday, or they work four days and they're off on Fridays. So I'm just curious why Monday? Man, Monday is a, it's, it's a thing, man. It's, it's, it's Monday. You gotta take Mondays off. It's got a, um, I don't know. For me, I, I work Saturday mornings. So for me, my weekend starts, mm. you know, Sunday, essentially. Sunday and Monday are my two days off, even though I take Saturday afternoon okay. also. But yeah, for me, it was always finding balance. Again, you're trying to avoid burnout, trying to avoid that overwhelm. You have to have personal time too. So I mean, during the week, it's go, 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 thousand percent. But on the weekend, it's rest, relax, don't think about the office, don't check emails, no phone calls. It's strictly no office time. So um, you know, emergencies happen. I always give my patients awesome. my cell phone number. They can always call or text me if they need, need something immediately. But um, mm-hmm. 
when it comes to voluntarily checking things, I, I don't do that. Because otherwise you do get work never ends otherwise. And it's burnout. Happens. Yeah. What do you do for your spare time to kind of just any hobbies or volunteering or anything? Yeah. So volunteering is a big part of what I value in life. So I'm not sure if you know about the Rotary Club. I'm actually the president of our Rotary yeah. Club here in Boulder. And uh, I work with a nonprofit called Voices for Children who work with kids in the court system. So basically, I'm a, an advocate for these kids um, for the duration of the case, which is about a year and a half long. And we do everything for them. We take like a big brother slash court advocate. So this kid, this case I was working on had six kids. So take the take some of them to play basketball and take others to the mall. And we kind of see what what's missing in their lives. If they, if for example, they are struggling in school, maybe they're not telling mom about it or no one really notices those things. Um, my responsibility mm-hmm. would be to notice that, find them a tutor and get them set up with that. So it's the eyes and ears for the kids in the court system. Um, so when it comes wow. to yeah, volunteer work, that's a big part of me and what I value in, in life. Um, hobby wise, I, I'm getting into golf recently, so I've started golfing. So the weather probably changed here. It's beautiful and sunny. So I've been out there at least three times a week at the driving range trying to get better at this thing. So yeah. uh, You played the flat irons area? Yeah, exactly, the flat irons. That's where I go for the driving range. I was just there yesterday. with. Um, actually had our five-year anniversary party uh, here in Boulder on Friday. So we had mm, congrats. Yeah, so we had three docs fly out from other areas of the country to support us. So we had a guy from Arkansas out there. We had two docs from Utah come out to support us. So um, that was on Friday. So Saturday was our day of being together. So we I went to play golf with uh, two of them. And afterwards, we all went to the Colorado Rockies game. So that was our, our little activity together. So we went saw the baseball game and got some sun. And it was a great time. That's really cool to see you guys get together and like support each other. Because even if you're most technique people... You know, like you know, a lot of us unite with that chiropractic technique that we do, you know, and they don't even do that kind of stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's um, honestly, we, we always say it's a family, but it really feels like a family because we, we talk throughout the year yeah. where, or throughout the week, I should say, we're always on calls together, always to keep each other accountable for goals that we set. Um, I have a call at three o'clock today with my accountability partner to make sure that we hit our goals for the week. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not just a business together. It's friends and family at this point. So it's it's a great group of people. And again, happy to be here. Absolutely, man. I'm happy for you. we got two more questions. I hope they're fun for you. Hey, Do you have any morning or lunch routine that grounds you and excites you and focuses you for the rest of your day? So my, my morning routine is I get up and listen to a podcast. I've Maybe I'll start listening to yours, Justin. I haven't haven't yet. I hope so. <laughs> uh, usually it's usually it's through uh, through Sean Dilligan. He does weekly podcasts, so I will listen to the new yeah. one on Tuesday morning, and then kind of backtrack uh, previous ones throughout the rest of the week. That way, I get my head straight as far as that's concerned. Um, always Absolutely. do a little meditation in the morning before the day starts, and I get to the office. What's that mean to you? I'll say I get to the office a half hour early, and for I do what's called drills in the morning. To get my body warmed up for the care that okay. we do. So it's always getting myself ready on that. We call it a speeder board is how we practice in the morning or practice the adjustment. So uh, it's always getting my head right and my body warm for the first person that comes in. So again, I'm much, if the pages start at 9 a.m., I'm not getting there at 9 a.m. I usually get there at least half hour early to get everything ready for them. Um, so it's, yeah. it's always making sure that I'm at my best for patient care it would seem like you'd have to be pretty uh, on it if you're having to you know it's a very delicate which direction and all that kind of stuff like you really got to focus on your notes focus on what you're doing think 3d yeah. and deliver that quick adjustment like you really got to be on your game i would think well, on every patient yeah, i mean again we, we talk about all this great upside of what can happen with this kind of care if you mess it up there's also a pretty big downside so say we can help someone get better if you're you know over adjusting or if you're doing the wrong thing you can obviously make someone very sick so it's making sure again mm. you're on point and ready to go. I'm not you know hung over for a morning shift because uh, that'd be very bad for for patient care. So it's yeah it's, it's it's serious work. I mean we all know that. So making sure we're taking it serious. Right. Very good. Okay. So last question. Is this fun? Do you have any favorite books, blogs? You've already kind of mentioned podcasts that you would recommend for other people, and maybe maybe some that you would say ah I kind of like this, one, but I don't tell anybody. Not normally. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with the second one first. So I started reading the John Grisham okay. books. So those are the uh, written in the 80s and 90s, I believe, and they're uh, uh, lawyer and crime books. So that's been my 
my guilty pleasure recently is reading through those bad boys. So they're they're fun books to read. They're uh, I guess typically I'm, I'm more so into the business growth and professional growth and self help book kind of thing. But recently it's been more so on yeah. the fun, just reading for the pleasure of reading. So um, those have been great to read. Yeah. Um, book I'd recommend that, any business book that yeah, stands out. Yeah, business book I'd recommend, and it's really what shaped my practice. Um, it's a book called book yourself solid by Michael Port. And it goes over how to identify who your ideal client is, who you love working with when you look at your schedule and maybe Sally's name pops up and you just get excited that she's coming in that day, how to find and build your practice around Sally, how to make your office full of her basically, or Jim, whoever it is, just how to identify the qualities of that person. And once you know who that person is, how to create marketing and material to attract them into your practice. So I highly recommend that book. Again, I don't get paid for that or Black Diamond Club, but both those things are things that right. really shape my practice. And um, again, a lot of colleagues have started in this area and since I've been here and they're no longer in practice. And the reason for me succeeding is the specific as well as Black Diamond Club and Book Yourself Solid. Those have been the three keys that have made me successful up to this point. When you, when you were trying to figure out your um, ideal client and reading this book, how was there a process that you went? Does the book pro- walk you through that process, or like how did you figure out like this is exactly the type of person I want? Like yeah, I mean, based on your own concussion or what? Yeah, I mean the the book walks you through um, exercises. It's a giant workbook essentially. It's it's not a a light read by any means. It's a it's like a textbook almost. Uh, okay. So it works you through this process to really narrow those things down. And I'll say too that it's, it's changed. I've probably gone through this four or five times already through that book, and each time it changes. So it's kind of, it's been evolving ever since. Um, initially, I went through it when I was in school uh, based on mm-hmm. uh, my idea of what that was going to be was based I, on what I was seeing yeah. in, in my clinic, which was um, different than what it is my first year in practice to what it is, you know, today, obviously. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's always a work in progress. It's never, it's always changing. So again, I, if someone's looking to work on business principles and really getting clear on who you want to have in your practice, if that's something that matters to you, then I'd recommend that book because it, it really helps hone in what matters to you. It teases those things out that if you're not aware of and helps you get clarity and, and again, vision for what you're looking for in the future. Do you find you have a lot of Sally's in your practice now? It's mostly Sally's. Uh, yeah, mostly Sally's. There's a few folks that um, that are there that are might need to be um, moved soon, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, most folks in my practice, I, I'm happy and love seeing. So it's... It's been great so far. That's yeah. awesome. Last question. Do you have any favorite phone apps, whether it's business or pleasure? That's a great question. You may not even be a techie guy. I don't know. Yeah, gosh. Well, I'll say this. So there's, I haven't used, it's a new app I haven't used too often, but I love going to the movies. That's always been a passion of mine. Uh, I'm growing up with my family and my, my parents. That was a weekly thing we did was go, see, go to the movies and watch something as a family. So I have the Cinemark app mm-hmm. on my phone. So um, now I guess you can go there and you get points for going to the movies. So if at some point in the future, our next call, I'll have a free movie to go watch because of it. So that's, that's my – Spend $500 and get a free yeah, popcorn. Yeah, free popcorn, yeah. Off 10 bucks anyways. That would be a good out. deal. <laughs> Very good. Well, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can go to www.thespecific.com. And on there, that's our um, – umbrella website where you can find maybe a doctor nearby you if you want to shadow or talk to them um my information is on there also or you can go ahead and send me an email at rich at the and i'll respond to you right away i'm pretty good about emails very good man any uh closing remarks that we haven't already uh discussed that anything pressing on your mind yeah, I mean, the, the work that we do is important, it's valuable, and I think having understanding the value of what we do is critical. I feel, I feel like sometimes we devalue our services, and that's a detriment to the patients we take care of, a detriment to the doctors, and a detriment to the profession as a whole. So understand that what we do is important, it's valuable, and keep, keep pushing at it, keep working. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Rich, thank you so much for uh, spending your time and giving us some wisdom and some nuggets to chew on uh, during this hour. Hey, thanks, Justin. I really appreciate it. It was a great time. And thank you for doing this. I appreciate your work. Great stuff, Dr. Rich. It's exciting to see someone who has only been in practice for three years, but has such passion, such drive, and has really just created a niche. We hear that, and, you know, it's, it's so hard sometimes to... Um, 
verbalize and find that avatar of the person you want. And, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I want someone who just wants like instrument based adjustment. Well, that's a niche, but maybe you can go even more niche, uh, a micro niche. And that seems to be what he's created. And I mean, you're getting people to fly across the world to see you. So that's pretty amazing. Um, as always, take what he said today, critically think about it and integrate it. See what kind of growth you can get in your own clinic. Travel tips coming up next. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash three one. A big thank you to everybody who purchased the book. For those who are considering it, a doctorsperspective.net slash free ebook. You can get yourself a PDF version for free. If you watch the video, fantastic. You'll see the different reasons why you should read the book. We've got things from helping with headaches, stretches, and exercises that you'll actually do. Ways to figure out food labels. What's the deal with sugar? tricks for portion control, and a nice chunk of the book, how can your body heal itself? Are you minimizing? Why are some people negative about chiropractic? What does it actually do? What is pain? What is a misalignment or a subluxation? You can go on Amazon. They got the Kindle version, paperback book. As always, there's merchandise at the resources tab. There's podcast t-shirts, chiropractic t-shirts, mugs, whether it's getting a cup of coffee. All the stuff is high quality, good ink job. If you like what we're doing, giving back a little bit, keep the show going. Definitely not necessary, but of course it's appreciated. If you head over to the website, the top right is all the social media flavors. Pick what you like. Friend us. Of course, active on Instagram and Facebook the most and trying to do more live videos, trying to keep everything fresh. The pictures of my travels are typically on both of those. Big rush on Facebook, slow drip on Instagram, of course. If you want to leave a comment, definitely do that. It helps us to know how to improve the podcast so that you guys like it better. And of course, if you leave a review on iTunes or your Android app, that's very appreciative. If you want, screenshot it, boom, throw it up on Facebook, tag me, and I'll give you a shout out. Travel tip this week, don't be afraid to compare sites. You don't have to spend hours and hours researching flights and tours and things, but you may want to at least look at two or three websites. Again, you can check like you know, kayak, if you're doing American travel, you know, it'll do worldwide. But if you know you're trying to do um, some local flights as well, once you go to, like, say, a new country, then you might want to check, you know, like Southwest is kind of the cheap airline of America. You know, I'm going to, you know, went to New Zealand. Flying to there was, you know, kind of expensive, of course. But once there, we could have flown to a different part of the island for like $77 and to a different city for 140 So we had different options available um, through local airlines. And we found that by doing different sites. So just keep that in mind next time you're traveling, especially like if you're running cars too. We just went hashtag behind the curtain and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.